What is up? And welcome in. It is a late night edition of Post Loons, June 29th, 2022, soon to be June 30th, 2022, as we are bearing down on the stroke of midnight. But we are doing so on the heels of a 3-2 Minnesota United win, their first win ever at LA Galaxy. How's it going, guys? My name is Jeremy Rushing from SodaSoccer.com. Thank you so much for tuning in late night here. Um, as we break down this three to two win for Minnesota United, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. But before we get started, got to ask a few things of you guys. So if you are tuning in on YouTube, uh, please do us a few favors. One, give us a thumbs up. Let us know you're liking the content Two, make sure you tap the bell for notifications to be notified whenever we drop a new video and three, leave a question or comment in the chat. Like Dave Valensky did right off the bat. Dave Valensky says, let's show it. Dave Valensky says, who got the red card at the end of the game and did they give the red card to number 10 of LA Galaxy? Yeah, it was Costa for uh, LA Galaxy who got the red card there. That little scuffle at the end of the match. Joseph Rosales also got a second yellow, which resulted in a red card as well. Um, so implications after the match, obviously from Rosales' standpoint, especially considering you don't know what's going to happen with Kervin Ariaga moving forward. He's got to be available uh, for selection and to get a red card or to get a second yellow ended up being a red card there after the final whistle. It's just something you can't have happen. And obviously that's going to have implications for LA Galaxy with Costa getting that red card at the end as well. Just something that cannot happen. But yeah, um, they originally gave Costa a yellow. They went to VAR review, gave him a red. Rosales, no review needed. They gave him a yellow, but it was the second yellow of the match. So he ends up getting the red card. So there will be a suspension for uh, Rosales for the next match, as well as Costa for LA Galaxy's next match. And again, from Minnesota United standpoint, Kervin Ariaga comes up hurt. You need all the defensive midfielders you can get. So for Rosales to not be available now, um, that just hurts Minnesota United even more significantly moving forward. But as you can see, Dave left a question, left a comment in the chat. If you want to uh, spew a hot take, just your overall reaction, your takeaway from the 3-2 to two win, feel free to drop it in the chat on YouTube. If you're watching over on Twitter and you want to get involved in the conversation, you got to head over to our YouTube channel. I'm sorry. There's a, a communication breakdown between Twitter and the software we use to do these live streams. So we can't see those Twitter comments rolling in. So if you do want to leave a question or comment and have it read on the air, Make sure you drop that over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com. Just search Post Loons or Soda Soccer, and you will get all set up there on Post Loons tonight. So as you guys are dropping those questions and comments in the chat, as you're giving us that thumbs up, as you're tapping that bell for notifications, I'm going to go ahead and dive into my three things from this match. And my first thing is a first. There's a first time for everything, right? Minnesota United had to pop that cherry, had to get their first win at LA Galaxy at some point. They did so in chaotic fashion tonight, but it's just another kind of first checked off that MLS list for Minnesota United. Much needed three points on the road at LA Galaxy. They played the Galaxy tough this year overall too. Um, eked out a draw at home against the Galaxy a couple months ago, and then you go on the road and get that big win. Uh, tonight as impressive or unimpressive as it was, depending on your vantage point. Three points is three points is three points, and you will take them any way that you can get them, especially on the road. Uh, my second thing, 
pretty simple question. Can we retire the Minnesota United man advantage jokes now? Uh, yes, last year they struggled when they went up a man, uh, losing to Colorado, losing to San Jose, uh, or maybe might have been a draw against San Jose. But either way, they're plus minus when uh, the other team got a red card and they were awarded a man advantage. Was not great in 2021. Completely get that. 2022 has been a completely different story. Colorado, Chicago, they go up a man, score goals. Tonight, they go up a man, score goals. That plus minus is very much in the positive direction. So I think as I as I put on Twitter, uh, at halftime, I was very confident. I was running admin on the Soda Soccer account tonight on Twitter. I was very confident. At halftime, I posted a meme of a gravestone that said, here lies the MNUFC man advantage jokes 2021 to 2022. I got a lot of hate in the comments section for posting that at halftime saying there's a lot of time for this to go wrong. I'm screenshotting this just in case, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I almost ate my words, but I didn't. Minnesota United comes up with the win. I think we can officially retire, retire those man advantage jokes for Minnesota United. And my final thing is a critique. Obviously tonight wasn't perfect, especially in the second half. This team still needs to finish strong. They need to learn how to finish out these matches. They have not been great in the second half. They have not been great in the 80th minute and beyond uh, for this entire terrible, the, the this, this last nine matches, this last two months, really. They have not been great objectively uh, late in matches in the second half. Um, that was present again tonight despite the win. L.A. gets out on the front foot pretty much right away in the second 45. Um, and despite them being down a man, they're getting chance after chance, set piece after set piece, corner after corner, good opportunity after good opportunity. They weren't taking advantage of them early in the half. They get awarded the penalty kick. Um, they bury that. And then the, the dam sort of breaks late in the match where they're able to get that second goal as well. Um, that match goes three or four more minutes. Who knows? Uh, how things end but luckily the clock did run out on the galaxy's hopes and minnesota united comes away with the win but you still have to finish strong in the second half that is still a huge huge area of need for minnesota united uh, i'd love to hear your takes your things your thoughts um, overall feelings after that three to two win feel free to drop those questions or comments in the chat well i give a shout out to our friends over at pence homes P-E-N-T-Z, homes.com. Nate Pence, great friend of mine, great friend of Soda Soccer, great friend of Post Loons. Um, cannot thank him enough for the support that he's given us uh, this year with everything we're doing at Soda Soccer and the Post Loons live stream. And we want our audience, we want everybody involved uh, and, and who's viewing us. If you are looking to buy or sell your home currently, or maybe that's on the a horizon for you and you're in the Minneapolis or St. Paul area, give Nate and his team a call. They're excellent at their jobs. They uh, are, this is, this market is crazy, right? That's all you hear when talking about the housing market. Things are crazy. Things are kind of volatile right now. They can help you navigate this market, get top dollar for your home and make sure that you uh, can get into your dream home uh, affordably as well. So whether you're buying, selling, or both in the Minneapolis or St. Paul area, contact Nate, contact Pence Homes. You can see it right there. P-E-N-T-Z homes.com or you can email Nate directly. It's just his name, Nate at pencehomes.com.
Pence.com to get that process started with Pence Homes today. Big thanks again to Nate and the team at Pence Homes for helping us out here on Post Loons. There were a lot of big moments in this match tonight, a lot positive in the first half, not so positive in the second half. So let's get right into the match moments from this 3-2 win for Minnesota United. And it starts out on not a great note in the second minute. Kervin Ariaga outstretches his foot for the ball, lands awkwardly, immediately hitting the deck, sort of grabbing his ankle, Achilles area. He comes off. Joseph Rosales replaces him. This has been, to say Kervin Ariaga has been a valuable piece for Minnesota United this season is an understatement. It could, it's, it's the biggest understatement. He has been vital to this team's success. He is one of the reasons why this team is still anywhere close to uh, the playoff picture. His play in the defensive midfield has been awesome. It's been a breath of fresh air. It's something this team needed with the departure of Ozzy Alonso and with the injury to Hassani Dotson especially too. They needed somebody to step up specifically in the defensive midfield. Kervin Ariaga has been the signing of the year from Minnesota United. And there, I'm not in the post-game press conference, obviously, because I'm here doing this. So I'm not sure exactly what, um, what's going to happen with Kervin Ariaga moving forward. But at the same time, um, we don't know anything yet. So whether... Um, sorry, guys, having more camera issues again, just like last time. Let's start the camera with the other camera. If I can, there we are. So I'm not sure what's going to happen with Kervin Ariaga. Obviously, if he's out for any extended period of time, that is going to be a huge uh, hurdle for Minnesota United to climb. If he is only out for a short amount of time, I think you can you can kind of patch your way through that. But with Joseph Rosales now on a red card after the uh, post match scrum, uh, that that defensive midfield spot is going to be a huge huge question mark for Minnesota United, at least in the short term, at least talking about the upcoming match with RSL 4th of July weekend. Um, So that's not a great start, but seven minutes later, you get on the good side of things with the goal and it's Emmanuel Reynoso. And and what can you say about this shot? I mean, this is an A plus just otherworldly effort from Reynoso. It's a left-footed curler from 30 yards out, ends up ends up in the back of the net, and it's it's just it hits that top left corner perfect. Um, just an A plus, 10 out of 10 effort from Emmanuel Reynoso to give Minnesota United the lead early on. Um, the way this team's been playing, it's really been individual efforts that have carried this team through the day. Um, and Reynoso has been stepping up in a big way to keep Minnesota United in these matches and put them in a position to win. And he did so again tonight. Unbelievable goal there in the ninth minute. On uh, the 15th, Dane St. Clair talking about another guy whose individual efforts have kept Minnesota United in matches. A great heel save on a header from Vasquez off the Galaxy corner, and that keeps the Loons in front. And then the 26th minute, this is where the entire complexion of the match changed and things really um, went Minnesota United's way in the 26th with a red card given to LA's Kevin Cabral. Um, he makes contact with St. Clair's head in the box after the Loons keeper made a save, but it, it did not look intentional. It didn't even look, you know, significant. I don't want to downplay or underplay 
potential head injuries because obviously we know what had in 2022 the implications of those head injuries but this looked to be sort of like a graze of the hair of St. Clair with Cabral actually trying to jump over St. Clair to avoid him uh, but he does make contact and the official gives uh gives Cabral a red straight red in the 26 personally I don't even think that's any card let alone a red. I thought that was a bad call, but it does go Minnesota United's way, and they take full advantage. 36, just 10 minutes later, um, on the man advantage, Lawrence sends in a beautiful cross into the box, right to the foot of a far post running Fragapane. Now, Fragapane had some head-scratching moments in this match, as he's had quite a few of those over the course of the season. Um, It really hasn't been a physical issue with him for me. His pace has been fine but it's been his decision-making in the final third that has really, really been lacking. He had a, he had a point um, early in the match where he's uh, he's bringing the ball up on a counterattack, and he's got two options, wide open options. And he sends just this like scuffed pass to the left where if that passes anywhere close to weighted well, if that is a, just a decently weighted pass, that's a tap-in goal for 2-0. But he just gets the gets the pace all wrong. It somehow just scuffs off his foot. It's slow. It doesn't even make it to the uh, to the intended receiver, and it gets cut off. And that's just sort of in a nutshell, kind of what what Fragapane's season has been like in the final third in his decision making. But he turns it around here on the receiving end of again a great cross from Lawrence. Um, he makes a great far pro, far post run on this counter attack too. Um, he puts away the one time shot. And the Loons are rolling up 2-0 with the man advantage. And then they get another one in the 43rd. Bangi, who uh, actually Minnesota United made two subs. Not only did they bring on Rosales for Ariaga after the uh, potential injury for Ariaga, but midway through the half, they bring on, or I think it was after the second goal, they bring on Bangi for Amaria, which is very interesting to make that sub in the first half. But it pays dividends in the 43rd as Bongi streaking down the right, gets a pass, and he cuts back really nicely. This is a really good cutback from Bongi into the box and helps him find a wide open Reynoso who's kind of trailing the play. And uh, he finishes, earns a brace, 3 0 loons. You are feeling pretty good right now if you're a Minnesota United fan. Um, heading in 3 th- 0, man advantage. Obviously, cautiously optimistic, but 3 0 with the man advantage. It's, uh, you know, it's it's almost game over. Obviously not game over, but um, you're in a good spot, obviously. Uh, second half, 53rd minute. and This is where the Galaxy just get off right on the front foot. Their energy changes in the second half. Um, obviously, you can feel that desperation from them, but they catch the loons on their heels quite a bit, especially in the early portion of the second half. And that's encapsulated here in the 53rd, where they force a corner kick. And there were countless set pieces in the early portion of the second half, too. This one is a dangerous one from the Galaxy heading to the far post, but St. Clair is just able to get the slightest fingertip on it to alter the trajectory, and the ball ends up over the end line. If he doesn't get this fingertip on the ball, there isn't a waiting Galaxy player at the far post, and that could have very well find the head and be in the back of the net, and all of a sudden it's 3-1, and uh, you know the uh, intensity and the anxiety starts to ramp up a bit. Uh, 59 St. Clair comes up big once again to deny, to deny Chicharito. Um, he was in alone on goal with the loons keeper. Second time actually that happened in the course of the match and both times St. Clair got big, literally got big 
to cut off the angle, and he makes a save there. But just one minute later, Trap clips Alvarez in the box. Galaxy earn a penalty. Delgado steps up, buries the spot kick, and the home side are on the board, 3-1 in the 60th. Still all right, though, but obviously you want to make sure you see it out. 71st minute, this could have been the uh, dagger for Minnesota, but somehow we don't get a whistle. Um, it looks like the ball deflects off of Raheem Edwards' arm in the box, which should have led to a Loon's penalty kick. Um, looked pretty clear on the broadcast. They even did a replay on the LA Galaxy broadcast, no less, um, showing that this definitely should have been a PK, uh, but somehow not called by the official. Uh, 10 minutes later in the 81st, LA is pushing for more goals, obviously, and that opens things up for Loons on the counter. Uh, Fragapane, wide open, in on goal. He doesn't pick a side, though, and Bond is able to make the save. Um, you know, obviously, Franco thinking he should have done, you know, I would hope Franco thinks he should have done better in that particular instance. And then 90 plus four, Galaxy in desperation mode. They get deep in the box, and it's Hovalich. Uh, who is able to find the back of the net, and all of a sudden the Galaxy are within a goal, three to two. But this is at the death. Only four minutes of stoppage time. This is ninety plus four. So fortunately, LA just ran out of time. But after the final whistle, we get the aforementioned scuffle between both clubs, and it's Rosales and Costa that are really in there going back and forth. Uh, Rosales gets his second yellow, so that ends up being a red. As we mentioned, Costa gets the straight red after VAR review. Um, so both guys are going to be suspended for the next matches and for Minnesota United, that has huge implications as we don't know what that defensive midfield situation is, or is going to be like moving forward, at least in the short term with Ariaga coming off injured early on. Um, any questions, comments, hot takes, overall takeaways from the match, drop those in the chat. I'm going to head over to the soda soccer YouTube or soda soccer Twitter page and get, uh, you know, we're going to gauge the Minnesota United audience, the Minnesota United fans after this uh, after this win for the Loons. Obviously, some people are thinking it's unimpressive, though, uh, given that second-half performance. But let's go ahead and dive into these uh, Twitter comments here. Um, let's see, who do we got first? Matt Puchko says, only this team would have a player get a red-slash-second-yellow after the final whistle. And then Dan O says, even when this team wins, they lose probably also think, thinking about the Rosales uh, second yellow slash red card after the match. Then you also have only puns CEO making a cameo in the uh, Twitter comments as a man up loons leave two men uncovered in the box. Hard to fathom, but they escaped at least. Yeah. Escaped is a great word for it. Um, especially the way that match was going in the final minutes. I said it earlier, if this match goes four or five more minutes, uh, maybe even two or three more minutes, you don't know how it's going to go because the Galaxy were really pushing and really pressing effectively uh, trying to get that equalizer, trying to get more goals late in the match. Um, and it seemed like Minnesota United was kind of breaking down defensively, getting caught on their heels quite a bit. And that's where I say this team needs to learn how to finish off these matches. They need to learn how to play in the second half, play with the lead, um, you know, relieve pressure when pressure needs relieved, bunker down when you need to bunker down. Um I've always been a proponent that offense is a great defense. Um, the more you can relieve pressure and keep the ball in the the opposing team's attacking third, or I guess you're attacking third, opposing team's attacking third, whatever. And the and the third that you're attacking to, right? If you can keep the ball there, that's a pretty good defensive strategy, keeping the ball away from your own net. Um, but obviously there's a time to park the bus and there's a time to bunker down as well. 
But Minnesota United just needs to find those right cues. They need to find those right instances and press those right buttons when they have the lead late in matches because it has been white knuckle. And and before tonight, uh, you know, they were giving up those leads and sometimes even ending up with zero points, as you saw in the game against, against Miami. So they need to figure out how to finish these matches. Um, they've had no problem getting out on the front foot early on in matches. They've had no problem generating opportunities. They've had no problems at least getting one goal, but it's it's taking more advantage, getting multiple goals, and then seeing out the match. That has really been uh, you know a couple of their Achilles heels this season, no pun intended, with hopefully not an Achilles injury for Ariaga. But moving forward, something to keep an eye on and something to note for Minnesota. Um, Dean, or Dan, excuse me. Sorry, Dan. Says, what is going on with this team? They seem lost. Well, they didn't seem lost in the first half, but I will tell you that the the second halves of these matches are very, it's almost a different team comes out at halftime. And it's, I don't know if it's just a situation where one team is making adjustments and another team's not, or Minnesota just gets too tentative in the second half or what. But every now and then, you need to just keep go with what brought you to the dance. Keep attacking, keep pressing, keep pushing for more goals. That's what I want to see from Minnesota United in the second half of these matches. Obviously, you need to read the game and you need to make certain adjustments given what you've seen in the first half. But if the attacking strategy is working, don't necessarily differ from it and switch to a more defensive-minded, um, you know, playing your own third type mentality because that's where you just take on pressure after pressure after pressure shot after shot after shot and it, it, it that usually does not go well for minnesota united when they choose that strategy uh so i think just you know keeping the attack up keeping the pressure up on the opposition no matter what the scoreline says that's something i want to see minnesota united keep doing moving forward what do you want to see from this team moving forward? We have officially have an open designated player spot for Minnesota United. As Adrian Unews transfer to Angers SCO in League One in France is complete. Um, he will be going there um, right away. And then as of tomorrow, July 1st, Minnesota United will have that open designated player spot. So where do you want to see Minnesota United use that designated player spot? What position on the pitch? And just overall, what do you want to see from this Minnesota United team moving forward as we head into the month of July. It will be a big month of July. I think we'll we'll probably know at the end of this month where this team really, really lies in the Western Conference, whether or not they turn it around or they sort of keep uh, keep going down the, uh, the struggle path that they've been on aside from tonight. So um, hit me with those answers to those questions in the chat as I shout out our friends over at Night Street Soccer and Coffee. Going to head over here for this. Uh, 801 South 9th Street, Minneapolis. You can see it right there, the address. 9th Street Soccer and Coffee. Now, if you haven't heard of 9th Street Soccer and Coffee, um, it is, in my opinion, one of the best places for soccer fans, players, supporters, whoever, to go in the Twin Cities. It's the it's like a hub for the Twin Cities soccer community. Uh, they have weekly affordable pickup if you want to get your game on, but... You don't necessarily want to play in the oppressive heat that we've been seeing, or you don't want to risk it raining or whatever. Um, play indoors at Ninth Street. It's temperature controlled. It's covered. So you can play any day, any time, any night that they have pickup going on. It's very affordable as well. 
Um, if you're not a player, though, maybe you're just a fan, a supporter, somebody who wants to just take in a soccer-like atmosphere. Ninth Street's a great place for that, too. They always have soccer on the TVs. They have Minnesota United watch parties. I don't think they had one tonight because of the late start. But if it's a road match that starts at a decent time, you can bet there will be a watch party on Ninth Street. They've had multiple watch parties this season for Minneapolis City matches as well. Um, they've been out at Minnesota Aurora matches selling iced coffee and chai tea and things like that. So just a, a, a business that's ingrained in the Minnesota soccer community. So if you are somebody who kind of wants to support businesses who are supporting the Minnesota soccer community, if you just want to see what Ninth Street's all about, maybe it sounds like a cool place to you, check them out, 801 South Ninth Street, Minneapolis, Twitter and Instagram at Ninth Street MPLS. That's all spelled out, N-I-N-T-H-S-T-R-E-E-T-M-P-L-S. Um, or you can see the uh, the web URL there too, NinthStreetMPLS.com. Big thanks to Derek and the peeps over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee for supporting what we're doing here on postloons and soda soccer.com more comments in the chat. Uh, Dan says, I imagine they have to be looking at a midfielder. Yeah. I think, um, especially if this Ariaga injury is anything significant, I, I'll, I, even before this, I thought defensive midfield was what is a uh, position of need to help with this team. I thought either a six or an eight. I don't know necessarily enough about, uh, Ariaga's past or skill set, you know, if he's healthy, whether the six is a spot or if he's more of an eight. Uh, but I think either one of those defensive midfield spots, whatever, basically whatever defensive midfield spot you don't see Kervin Ariaga playing long term moving forward, that's the one I think you need to solidify with the DP. Um, I would also like to see uh, center back addressed. Uh, Debasi, Boxall, both aging, neither have really been at the top of their game for a significant part of the season. Um, John Marthaler in his pregame piece uh, for SodaSoccer.com mentioned fullback as a potential position of need. I don't disagree, uh, but I do like what they have with DJ Taylor on the right and Kamar Lawrence on the left. Um, I think DJ could be in this team's long-term plans as a, as a solid starter moving forward. I think he's been in great form lately. Kamar Lawrence has proved to be a really, really good MLS veteran signing. Um, so maybe left back, um, maybe center back, maybe defensive midfield. Um, I don't want to see this team try to go get another striker. I don't with well, at least with the DP slot. If you want to sign one to a TAM deal, if you want to go after one, um, just as, as a traditional signing, I'm good with that, but I do not want to see this team use a DP slot on another striker. I don't. I've, 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 I've seen that movie too many times. Um, there are other spots in this pitch that need addressed, especially when you're a team that I will say this until the end of time, I will die on this hill. This team leads from the back since 2019. This team has led from the back. They they've led with their defensive play. They've won games by keeping teams off the score sheet. They need to keep that mentality solidify the back and I think the rest will come especially with Emmanuel Reynoso at the number 10 um I think yeah um Dave Valensky says center back would be a good DP slot uh someone to help box all I I would say give me a, a DP and a TAM center back pairing and make that the center back pairing of the future I love box all I love Debassi 
But I want to see that youth in now. I want to see those guys getting playing time now, getting acclimated to MLS now. So that way, when that transition is, is made, those guys are ready to go. Um, I want to see youth along the back line. I would love to see, you know, DJ Taylor on the left, young DP, right center back, young Tam player, left center back. I think that would be a, a great direction for this club to go in moving forward. But yes, Adrian Anu is moving to France, back to France. So Louis Samaria is your striker number one. I have to imagine Abu Danladi is probably your second option now behind him uh, with Longwane. You know, he, I know he's played traditionally a winger, but he was a striker um, coming in. So I have to imagine he would be that uh, that's that that third string, if you will, uh, striker from Minnesota United. I also think this does away with any possibility that you would go to a two striker system if you're Minnesota United. Uh, Adrian Nunu was sort of the one guy there, being that he, you know, a lot of his experience in France was in a two striker system, almost exclusively in a two striker system in France. That was, I think, the one thing that was maybe moving Adrian Heath in that direction. Then they had the injuries along the back line. So they didn't go in that direction. Now that Hunu's gone, I think you're going to see the 4-2-3-1 slash 4-3-3 moving forward pretty much the rest of the time, uh, the rest of the year, the rest of Adrian Heath's Minnesota United tenure. Um, so... I think this team needs to solidify the back, the defensive midfield and the back line. Those have always been the two most important position groups for Minnesota United. That to me has not changed. Uh, Dan's asking about trap and his cards this year. His decision-making has not been great. A yellow card and a penalty on him again tonight. Just add it to the list. Um, Yeah. To me, he hasn't made nearly the impact that I think we were hoping he would make in a Minnesota United uniform. He does some great things. Don't get me wrong. It's not all bad with trap, but um, I don't think there's been enough good to outweigh sort of the position he puts the team in with early cards, giving up penalties, things like that. It's just, you can't have it, especially from your captain. And that is where we will end post loons tonight. Looking looking forward real quick though, we do have RSL back at home, back at Allianz Field Sunday evening. Um you get three big points here. Can you follow it up with another big home win against a top Western Conference team? If you can get a win at home uh on Sunday, all of a sudden that outlook is looking significantly better, especially after this win tonight. And that is where we will pick things back up on post loons again Sunday evening following the match against RSL. Thank you guys for staying up late with me. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate all the love and support you've given post loons and sodasoccer.com. If you haven't checked out sodasoccer.com, we are the new home for soccer coverage in the Northland covering Minnesota United, Minnesota Aurora, Minneapolis City, USL League 2, NPSL, UPSL play. It's all covered at sodasoccer.com, covering every corner, every underbelly of soccer that's happening in the state of Minnesota. So if you want to help us out and check us out, sodasoccer.com, or you can uh, contribute to our Patreon, patreon.com slash sodasoccer. Have a great early start to your 4th of July weekend, and uh, we will catch you Sunday after the match against RSL.
Bye, guys.